0: Right at the Fork is supported by PortlandFoodandDrink.com, Portland's original restaurant review and news blog, presented by Food Dude, your source for everything you need to know in the Portland food and beverage world. Check in today at PortlandFoodandDrink.com and by Chew Dining Club. Chew is about connecting passionate chefs with passionate food lovers. The Chew mobile app provides a way for you to access a community of food lovers, chefs, and special events in our unique food community. Download the app today on iTunes or Google Play. So a very special edition today, Chris, of uh, Right at the Fork. It's uh, Court Johnson along with Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures, and I say special because at a certain point I step away from the microphone. <laughs> that and, one
1: didn't make it special.
0: Well, it, it did because uh, we you you had a different co-host, as it were, today.
1: Well, and we only have so many mics, but import but but there are enough people asking Justin questions. Yeah. So. Um, I think it worked out. You said it worked out really well. No, I thought, it, I thought it, it was great. It did. It did. We had uh, we have Justin Woodward as as the
0: guest, and he's good friends with Gary the Foodie. Right. And in fact, oftentimes you
1: see them together, or I don't know what I don't, I don't know see what the them together. Was. I just know that they like each other. Okay. And and, and Gary eats at Castagna yeah. quite a bit. Right. I haven't. Humbly, I admit, I haven't been there enough. I yeah. haven't been there in a few years. Gary. Of course, in his in his charming way, put me on the spot to ask me when the last time I was at Castagna, and it was a while ago, so yep. knowing Gary and he's our friend, he's a friend of the podcast and the friend of many, mm-hmm. we thought it would be uh, a fun idea no, to I mean, have him sit in on the interview he and, was, and, and, he was and participate.
0: The, he was the perfect co-host. I was happy to kind of sit here in the corner. And just make sure what that. What were you doing while it was. I, well, I was done? monitoring the audio levels. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and maybe at a certain point, I, <laughs> I replied. Saw you with your phone. I replied to a few emails. And then <laughs> at one point, I caught myself hopping. I, you know, everybody has that game you do when you're waiting? Yes. I caught myself hopping on that and it's like, oh man, what am oh, I doing? Oh, I got
1: too many of those. Yeah. Man. yeah.
0: So, uh, so it's, it's, it's a great interview. But uh, I do want to briefly say you need to hop on portlandfoodadventures.com and check out the, uh, the three trips that you've got going on in late summer of this year.
1: Yeah, the uh, cool thing is, we just uh, a couple of weeks ago we had just gone out there with them, yeah. and we're starting to fill them up. We have, uh, we have people going to all three. So mm-hmm. uh, without going into detail, yeah. on the website Portland Food Adventures, there's a PFA International tab. Jose Chesa. Rick Ciancarelli, and Aaron Barnett. So
0: it's a great lineup for 2016. Another thing we recommend you do is share this podcast, rate it on, uh, on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to it. There is most likely a rating mechanism, and the more ratings that people give and reviews people give about it, the better it helps right at the fork so that we can keep
1: doing this and, every every week. And Court, we have to pat ourselves on the back here. Oh, yeah. Because I was out there on social media. We... You know, we hovered. We for a couple of years. We were we did well. We yeah. we built this. Hey, podcast. The, the podcast went two. It's over two years old now. Yeah, yeah, that's so, awesome. Somehow, by some miracle, um, last month, March, it was really fun to watch the the numbers because yeah. you can go in and we have to watch two different sets: Libsyn and SoundCloud. So if anybody looks at SoundCloud and sees the numbers of downloads, that has nothing to do with actually how many people are listening to this podcast. It's the,
0: it's, SoundCloud, I've tried. There's a you, there's a button you actually can click that says that. Basically I you, it, but that, Gary saw it. Yeah, no, it does. It does. It's supposed to hide the number, right? But it doesn't hide the number.
1: And the only reason we want to hide it is because it has no relevance to no. our actual listenership, no, because, which because
0: th- that's I, the smaller part of actual listeners,
1: small percentage, yeah, and. And uh, I'm happy, I'm just so happy that last month we hit 4,000 downloads. That doesn't mean listeners, but it means numbers of people. That's a lot of people in Portland, Oregon who are listening to this podcast. Or or all across the world. Well, they are, all across the world, man. It's it's really cool to see. Like, we have a lot of listeners in Afghanistan. Yeah. Not a lot, but some. Assalamu alaikum. But we hovered, we did, we're almost doubling our listenership over the last two years to now. Yeah. And uh, I hope that keeps up. It seems to be a pattern that once you subscribe, mm-hmm. it's we're there. Yeah, so, so do that. Anyway. Subscribe, review,
0: do all those things. And keep all it, it going,
1: out. man. Thank you so much. And I, and I also want to thank Maddie at Eater for yep. listening to the podcast and citing some of what's going on as news and driving people to the podcast, too. So that's really cool. And everybody should read Eater. Same thing with PortlandFoodAndDrink.com. Mm-hmm. The food Dude has cited some of what's going on here, too. And he's- one of the best dudes I know. Very nice. So, so here you go. It's Justin Woodward with special co-host well, Gary the Foodie. But a little bit more before we go right into oh, it. Oh, yes. Justin just was nominated for James Beard Foundation Award. Yeah. Best Chef Northwest. He's a finalist along with Greg Denton. If you go back and listen to that podcast, number 74, I think? 70. 70. some 70-something. 70 it's just yes. a couple of weeks. It's It's in late March. Yeah. Um, there are only two finalists in Portland and that's, but they're very worthy. And, uh, and Greg Denton of Ox, whom everybody knows is a great guy, suggested that Justin should win. And he, uh, certainly thought if he does win, Greg's not going to be disappointed, but Justin's doing something that nobody, not many people are doing in Portland or arguably nobody, uh, fine dining on the level that he's doing it night after night. And, um. It was a pleasure, and I didn't know him very well. Just the nicest guy. Yep. Uh, and so go in and eat his food and say hello. Drag him out from from the kitchen and say hello. There we go. Yeah, we're we're working on getting up to another mic. One day and we'll be a, one day we'll be able to afford it. <laughs> anyway, thanks both you guys. For, Coming on, yeah, especially you, too. Justin. You're, you're a busy guy here. Busy let's guy. set it up so uh, Gary has to move because you're going to do most of the talking. All right, uh, there you go.
2: Yeah, Tuesday, usually, you know, I'm breaking down a lot of fish and I have a lot of
1: orders coming in and running around like crazy, but yeah, I'm happy to be here. So, Micah was just apologizing for not bringing in donuts. You didn't bring in some fish for us to, you run? have to go to the restaurant. So. I know. <laughs> I think it's probably a good thing that, like, you know, fish isn't being, I don't know, man. With his cooking, it will take Whatever. any anything. It's preparation, but thank you for coming in. Yeah, was happy, cool. to, happy to be here. It was cool to see you the other night, because uh, other than that, I think the only time we have ever even crossed paths was at the Chef's Week right. at Atala. So, I don't get out as much as a lot of other people. Yeah, I did a little reading, and it's like, you live and breathe your craft. Pretty much. Pretty so, much, yeah. um, when you do get out, what do you do? Um... What do I do, Gary? You drink. I drink. We
3: both drink. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you guys drink together? Yeah. Yeah. We've we yeah. drunk together. We've gotten drunk together. We've I've actually one night, um, which was really Uh-oh. very cool. No, it was it was a night expatriate. <laughs> Wait a minute. He
1: well, wants to keep his job. No, no, for no, one. no, no.
3: Well, we we were into expatriate and like I'd had a lot to drink and you know, Kyle cut me off without me knowing I was cut off. And Jesse, yeah, he cut
1: you off. <laughs> so, can are you uh, are you like uh, the food industry out drinking after work? Um, I don't really go out that much,
2: but you know, I'll have a few drinks either at the restaurant or at home. He's a bad influence. He is a bad influence. <laughs> he just gave me a bottle of <laughs> Glenn what Glenlivet. Livet, he just showed up in my car
1: and, and that was gave it because you gave him a ride. Is no, that-
3: no, no, no. We're, we're doing something on Thursday. <laughs> okay, all
1: right. What are what are you doing on Thursday?
3: We're doing a a
2: dinner, a special dinner, with um, a few different types of wild game from Texas. They've all been um, shot with a rifle and then uh, dry-aged for about a month on the bone and then cut off, and that's going to be showing up today. So we have like some antelope, two types of venison, a few types of heart, some bones.
1: Um, We're going to do some nice seafood as well. It'll be fun. So... When you know about that, what starts going through your mind on how to prepare that? Well, I mean, I've made venison before. I've prepared antelope before, so I pretty much know
2: what I'm going to do. It's pretty simple to cook, actually, like a, the leg.
1: Well, but wait a minute. What you do isn't simple. It's not just grilled, sliced, put uh, on a plate. A lot of it is a simple.
2: A lot of it is simple. A lot of what I do is just, like, really good shopping. Um, and that's the key. So, like, buying really, really great ingredients at their prime, like, that's... Most of what it takes and like just knowing how to prepare it, not screw it up and, you know, do as little to it as possible. I mean, not everything is like that. Like the desserts obviously are very intense and earlier on in the menu, kind of like the snack portion things like, yeah, there's a lot of technique involved, but most of the dishes are, you know, really nice asparagus or like really great onions or getting in know, wagyu from Japan and cooking it over charcoal, like, uh, that's a lot of what we do too. I
3: remember one dish that, you, well, well, you're a master of sauces, and you explained to me one time what it took to create this very intense sauce, and it was like, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, like 20 steps. The, the
2: sauces aren't simple.
3: <laughs> can you, can you explain, I mean, like, even, I, I can't remember, cause it's been a few years since I asked you about this sauce, and like, can you explain, I don't okay, know how Just, to- just. The, the base,
2: like, demi-gloss that we make, um, most people will cook that for, like, overnight or, like, 12 hours or something like that. Um, we cook ours for 48 hours before we even really add anything else to it besides the, the bones and the water. So we use oxtails and we use um, veal bones. Those get cooked in a combi oven, which is just a temperature-controlled oven that gets cooked for about 48 hours. After the 48 hours, we remove the bones, and the bones and the meat left on the bones should not have any flavor left in them whatsoever. Like, you'll I'll actually like take a little piece of the meat off of the oxtail, and it shouldn't taste like anything at all. All of the flavor should go into the sauce. After that point, we add, you know, mirepoix. That gets cooked overnight again. Mirepoix is just like vegetables. Um, and that gets reduced down to like a, a glaze, like, Like a napage that should coat the back of a spoon, and like that's just what we
1: use to start the sauce. And that's 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 just one dish. So, how many of those different things, or how many different sauces, are you prepping every uh, day or week, however it goes? And pardon my ignorance. Right
2: now, like as far as like meat-based sauces, I think we have um, five. And those are just the meat-based ones. We have other ones that are, you know, shellfish, fish, vegetable. So it's a long day, because nothing's just. It's a continuous together process. For it's to be a, sort it it sort never. The sauce making never stops. There's always something on the stove. So. From it's what time continuous. in the morning? Well, it never leaves the stove. Basically, like it leaves the stove to get strained, and then we put more in. It's a constant battle trying to get. Uh, you know, the cooks to get their pots so they can start making more.
1: So, at what point in your life did you say, This is what I want to do, and this is where I um, see myself? I'd pretty much always cooked, like, we either with my father
2: or my grandmother. And then um, I started. You weren't cooking. cooking like this. I wasn't cooking like this. I, I started in a bagel shop, and that was kind of fun, except it was kind of early in the morning. Um, and then. From there, I went to, like, a specialty foods market. Um, It was a really cool market. I worked as a butcher for a little while, and I worked with produce. I worked – I was taught about, like, wine ordering and things like that. And this place, it was pretty cool. They had, like – it was a really nice market. They had had Wagyu. They had truffles. They had um, all sorts of great stuff. And I was actually – I became a manager there. I was, like, ordering wine and, you know, in charge of some of the produce – and i was uh, i was managing an older man he was about 72 years old he was retired and how old were you at the time i was not of legal drinking age so whatever i was like 18 or something like so that so you
1: were doing that and i was the stage manager at the whiskey O'Go-Go. That's we're, nice. we're, well yeah but i didn't <laughs> go in that direction that was just a stop off between commercials and charles Oh, you have yeah yeah cool. what was Backstage. the name of your market uh, what is it I can't remember. And where was it? It was um, in Del Mar, uh, California. Okay. Right on the beach. All right. I've been to Del Mar, but I don't know if I've been in the market. So you were backstage at the whiskey? Yeah. Who do you remember? Uh, Cephalic Carnage, I saw them. Yeah, so you're too young. (laughs) I I actually went back there uh, probably 10 years ago now Mm -hmm. and realized um, that there was no one alive when I worked there Mm -hmm. in the club 10 years ago. So I was there in 78, 79. Who's the most which,
3: famous person that you saw there?
1: The f- most famous, per- well, I saw, I saw Van Halen before they went on the road. So, and then my brother ended up working with them. Mm-hmm. So I got to, but I did, I remember uh, The Runaways and X and The Dickies. They still around, do we know? The I don't dickies? know what the Dickies are. They were great. Um, and uh, Petty and Debbie Harry, uh, Blondie. So as the story yeah. goes, my brother was there and he had offers from two bands that just got record deals, Blondie and Van Halen. And, and Blondie was actually kind of bigger at the time because Van Halen didn't have the record deal yet. And he went on the road with um, with Van Halen. Good choice. Yeah, I think he did a good job. He <laughs> ended up doing some great things with them. But at any rate, we're not here to talk about sure that. So
2: I, uh, I was managing this 72 year old man, and um, he was retired. He had been in basically the industry his whole life, and He introduced me to um, a chef that was working close by at a a steakhouse, and he's like, "Justin, you should, you should go for it. You should get into it and talk to my dad about it." And my dad's always cooked and always loved food, and just just, he he just loves food. He's crazy. What kind of of things did he cook growing Um, up? Well, he's a businessman, so he would travel a lot to different cities and eat at nice places, and he'd come home and try To recreate, uh, you know, what he was making, this is like the early 90s, so he'd be doing the you know, like ahi tuna, like towers and things like that.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, but all sorts of stuff.
1: Um, you know, bacon. have you ever made an ahi tuna tanner- tower? I like them.
2: Um, I mean, you I've worked work. at places that had them on the menu, I've never put them on like a menu. Myself. I used
1: to have it at Sinju, I used to like it, but at any rate, I mean,
2: sorry. the the kachka herring under a fur coat is kind of like yeah, that, yeah, huh? it
1: is it's very similar. <laughs> Um,
2: so anyway, that, that gentleman, he introduced me to the chef, and I started working as a prep cook at a steakhouse the same time that um, I went into culinary school. Um, and so it was about two and a half years. That's how long the culinary program was. It was like an intensive program, so there was no um, summer vacation or spring vacation or winter vacation. Wow, that's a, um, that's a, a lot of intense so it was work. Two and a half years of schooling and work and I, I didn't have a single day off in two and a half years how do you do that at that age and especially in California I, I just did it I just decided to go for it and just started to you know work hard at it And that's, that's like the military
1: and yeah. they yeah. get days yeah, off yeah they, I've had I've had lead. military
2: guys come into my kitchen and yeah, they're not that tough
1: oh. <laughs> 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 okay no, I'm just kidding. No, I think no, I sorry. think that's great because when you look at you, <laughs> yeah. you don't look you don't look like someone who would tell a, uh, a military guy or a guy from the Marines. hey eh, you're not that tough. Well,
2: it's funny when I go back and I see other chefs that I've worked for in the past. I'm like, man, I remember him being a lot bigger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just from his, just from the attitude. Yeah, just you know. So, um, so out of culinary school, then how, we're you, you, obviously, after, after two and a half years, this is what you want to do. Towards, you don't decide, towards, right. and I think I'm going to be a the, welder.
2: Towards the end of the two and a half years, I was actually in school full-time, working full-time, and training um, for a culinary competition. Um, I think it was 2005. Um, it was a statewide competition in California. and um, I hadn't graduated uh, culinary school yet, but I actually won the competition. I beat... Three certified executive chefs and won a gold medal um, before I had graduated culinary school. And this was,
1: what oh five? You said I think it was oh five. Okay, yeah. that's for, you've come. That's only eleven years ago, right? So you've done a lot in eleven years, right? Gary, when did you first hear about Justin at Castagna? When did you first become familiar with him and realize he was a talent?
3: Well, actually, um, well, I realized he was a talent in July of 2011, and Leitner, it it was announced that Leitner was going to move to New York City. And I went in three times the last month of July. And one of those times, uh, Leitner was in New York City and Justin cooked the meal for me. I said, holy shit, this guy can fucking cook. So I think, I knew at that point that once Leitner left, that I was still gonna go to Castagna, uh, maybe even more often, which ended up being the case. And uh, was he, and
1: was that, he was, Serving you basically. Uh, it, it was, hit, well, I
3: think Light, Lightner's food. It was food. Matt's food. Well, no, no. I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was both their foods. Yeah, it was both well, I Justin and, and Matt's food.
1: So at, when was Matt was there, did you have a lot of influence on the on the menu yeah, for definitely. years? Okay, definitely. I'm sorry. I apologize for no, that's that, fine. For not knowing that, no, so totally I just fine. assumed that. Um, so, you, but you and did you know that up to that point that it was both of their that both of them had collaborated and you no. were. Okay, that I guess that's what I was getting at. Is when did you realize it and, was about him?
3: And in those first two years, for 2011, 2012, 2013, I don't think it was. It was difficult. I would go in some nights at Castanya, and I and I'd go middle of the week. I'd be the only one there, and it, it, I couldn't believe, it, given the quality of that food, I'm thinking, where's everyone? Where's everyone in Portland? And through the years, he's gotten the recognition that he deserves, although I was heartbroken yesterday when Food & Wine announced their Best New Chefs of 2016. And not only wasn't there Justin Woodward on that list, which I think he is deserving, there was actually no one from Portland.
1: Well, at what point is or is is Justin not a new chef? I never know what that definition is. I'm not yeah, totally
3: sure. I'm either. not totally sure either.
1: Yeah, so you could, because as long as you look young, I guess. So, <laughs> so you're going to be able to be nominated for a while. But I, I don't know. Yeah, No, I don't even know. Did you, I, did you put in a note to Food & Wine? Did you write to them? Because I know that I, you're I, not averse I, to such I, things. Couple, I tweeted at them a few yeah, times, a couple. Here. Yeah, a
3: couple <laughs> years ago, I, I, I sent my Flickr set to Kate Crater from uh, Food & Wine. And she responded, Oh, she said, Oh, that looks beautiful. So I, I think I think food and wine is aware I would not I think they should be aware of him, but you know, things happen.
1: Well, let's face it, it's um, it's a kind of cuisine that isn't necessarily understood by a lot of people and necessarily appreciated by a lot of people because we just had this discussion earlier that there's the, there are these tiers of restaurants. When people come into Portland, some think that they should go to Portland City Grill. That's the food scene here, and Jake's, and then there's you know then there are the the, the pigeons of the world, and and so where does Castagna come in in that list? When there are there are people like you, Gary, you love that cuisine that's your thing you know you and it's all it's part of it is how beautiful it is and you can correct me no how you're beautiful right. it is how delicious it is how talented the chefs are to get how much work it took for someone like Justin to get to the point to do that day after day and do it so well but I don't know I don't know if it's if it's universally appreciated yet or if it ever will be um, what do you think about that
2: yeah I mean the Portland dining scene it doesn't have a whole lot of what I do I just knew that this was the kind of food that I wanted to do and that's why I'm doing it and I think it is getting better and more people are appreciating it but it is understandable, you know. Portland, when you think of Portland, you don't necessarily think of fine dining.
1: Um, right, but there there are different types of fine dining. Like if you go to like if you go to different cities, they're not serving the kind of cuisine. Not some are, but mm-hmm. universally that's not what people think of as fine dining. Well, like tasting menu restaurants. Right tasting. But that's relatively new, mm, right? Uh, in, in Portland, in in the United States, in Europe, it's, uh, it's been around f- It's been around for f- a long wa- time. For
3: a long time. I I don't- I don't know. Maybe it was the French Laundry. Maybe,
1: who I'd say, was, it, Char- Charlie Trotter
2: was one of the first okay. chefs to
1: do tasting menu format in the United but States. But it hasn't. It hasn't been what people. How when people look at Portland, that's not how they define the Portland. No, food definitely site. not. Definitely not. Although they are now more because there's now there's more. more there's more okay, yeah. fixed price dinners and so forth.
3: Well, back in the '90s, I was living in New York City. Well, actually, living in New York City and going to school in Philadelphia, uh, and. Like Lutece, did Like when we, and, and, and uh, um, Quilted Giraffe, I thought, and like Lafayette and, the, Lafayette and the Drake. Was that when was, Kinch was there? Yeah, yeah. I think he might have been That's there awesome. during that time. Lafayette and the Drake, the, the chef was Jean-Georges Rangarikton. So they, they, it was a prefixed meal. I think it was like 50 bucks back in those days, which is nothing now, yeah. Well, relatively speaking. But yeah, I think it's been around for a while, but not, like you said, not in Portland. I mean, even now, well, I think now it's more prevalent.
1: Oh, well, people are used to that, and they're used to not making the choice all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, what I do... Well, like we were saying before, is like,
2: you know, I spend a lot of my time shopping. I spend my time shopping so that people don't have to make the choice, you know. I order what's good, so they don't have to think about it.
1: And you don't have an a la carte menu there.
2: It is... We have two menus. We have a seasonal menu, which is about 10 courses, or 10 servings, I should say, and then the... uh, the tasting menu is like double that. It's like 20.
1: 20.
3: and you also have a vegetarian. You double
1: menu. that up, Gary, because that's not enough for you. Twenty courses. is Well, minute. I. You ask for really
3: no. Bad. I don't ask for it. I mean, like he just cooks. He well, he just cooks for me. He's always cooked for me, mm-hmm. and he, he he has a great sense of. I mean, like some of his desserts I've had recently, like a black paragord truffle Oreo, yeah. choco taco. Yeah. Um, he took the walnut with the butterscotch pot de creme. Mm-hmm.
1: See, that's why I'm so glad you're here because I couldn't have this conversation. I, I unfortunately, I it, it, it really well, it's he, kind of like an unspoken thing. If you like, you know, you
2: call the chef or talk to the chef, me like I'm coming in. I want you to cook for me, and the chef's gonna probably how want often to does do that, that happen? For you?
1: How often does that happen in Portland? And if people hear that on the podcast, are you going to be a little pissed off that you said that? No, no, it's totally fun. I mean, they're going to pay for it, but uh, right. It's not. It's not. You no, know, it happens all hey, the time. It's our birthday. We
2: have. Uh, there's a, there's a handful of people that do it in town, and consistently ask for, you know, me to cook,
1: especially for them. It's totally. I I love it. And do they specify what they want? I know Gary. Sometimes you, they do. You brought some I mean, wagyu at one point.
3: Well, that, that was December 2013. Was the first time. That it was right after the ban had been lifted, and Justin mm-hmm. got a hold of some A5 from Japan. It came with a birth certificate, I think. Yeah, it did. And <laughs> it, it, we it was we also did truffles, I think, mm-hmm. um, white albus during that dinner. Mm-hmm. And it was up to that point the best dinner it had ever had in Portland. It wasn't even close. And, and has anything beat it since? Some of his like his oh, other dinners, it. like his other. We've done so many dinners. Like. A lot of dinners. You know, I, I, we're friends, and we—I mean—we talk, and I say, we, we, "Well, we have, have an appreciation for fine food." Yeah, you know? yeah. And he's—he, his food really is. I know the Greg Denton interview. They talked. He talked about two Michelin. He's the only one cooking. He, as in Justin, is the only one cooking at two Michelin star level, and that's—that really is true. I mean, I've. I've, eat, I've eaten a lot of twos and threes, even this year, and ones. And he, what's his, holding
2: it back from three, Gabe? Yeah, I was just
3: about to say <laughs> oh, some experience. No, really. I mean, I, I just think.
1: I, what he, ex- wait? What's going to change with that experience? What's he, he going to do get, better? Get, get, he, or is it just that you know how young he is and how?
3: I, I know how young he is, and he'll get better. I mean, he. But I mean, if he he's he's blindfolded
1: you and you came what? in from out know. Of town, would you? No, be, you're not perfect. No, let me let me say this. If you, if you came into town, and you do your research when you go dine any, yes. most all, anywhere in the world, but if you came into town and you didn't know him personally, do you think you could, you could think of Castagna as a three-star Michelin restaurant? Would it surprise you? Would it piss you off? Because I know you're the type, if a place doesn't necessarily meet that standard, then you'll, you, get, you get
3: a little indignant about it. Uh. I I grace I I I grade right, I, I I mean you know, restaurants get from one to twenty. And I've told Jess Justin, Justin knows I I'm, his is I'd like to think I don't think about it. I mean it's whatever it is it is and his his restaurants is seventeen out of twenty, which places it right at a two Michelin star level.
2: Okay. But how many three stars have you been to and enjoyed my food better?
3: There, are, I'll tell you. Eleven Madison I love Park is three Michelin cool, star, I'm, number I'm five in the too, world. Right. And I let... prefer, I prefer your food. I, you know, I prefer your your meals over the meal I had last May at Eleven Madison Park or Le Bernardin, three Michelin star again last year. La Maurice, it was three. Now it lot, you did lose a star. There, 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 I don't want to say tons, but there are a lot of three Michelin star restaurants. That I wouldn't actually give it uh, three Michelin stars too. Like, I think Eleven Massive Parks is actually a one Michelin star restaurant. I think La Bernardine is a one Michelin star restaurant. But that's just my opinion. It's sure. I mean, and it's all everybody. You know, everybody, yeah, exactly. It's but he, all
1: based he, on opinion. He's a great chef. So, is is that important to you, Michelin stars? And and I mean, if it well, was an, talk about if, this James if that, Beard nomination, if it was
2: that important to me? I probably wouldn't be cooking in Portland because I'm probably not ever going to get a Michelin star. So, I mean, well, maybe they'll maybe they'll I, pick I up Portland. like the, I like the idea. Of it, like that, you're, you know, producing at a certain level, and you can always strive to do better. I like that aspect of it, but
1: well, this now this James Beard nomination isn't a bad cool. thing, and then yeah. it was nice to have Greg on the show, Super and sweet. he's he's the other nominee, and he's saying he thinks you should win. That's I know he's a humble guy, but I don't think he would say that if he didn't think that was the case. Yeah, Greg is awesome. He he's a really great guy. I've, I've, Always appreciated
2: him. It was actually a funny story. I was um, staging at Mugaritz in San Sebastian, and he walked into the kitchen, and he was like having dinner. Him and his wife Gabrielle.
3: I did not know that. How long ago
2: was that? That was, this was. Did you know them at the time? I had met them before. Yeah. Oh okay. 2011. Yeah. No, this was 2000. Oh, I'm gonna get it wrong. I can't. I it was, to, he was 2009.
3: No, no. He he he, he went, like to Mugaritz, no, uh, went to Mugaritz. No, you went to while you were at Castania, yeah. remember. Oh, 2010. It must have 2010. 2010 sounds
1: yeah. right. Yeah. So where have where have you uh, where have you eaten that has influenced what you're doing? Not necessarily worked, but where, sure. where have you said? Um, Noma, Mugaritz. How many Wait. times have you eaten at Noma? I know you're stodged there, but um, just
2: tasting there basically is. You know, they would prepare me whole dishes, and same thing with like a Mugaritz. Like, I got to eat dishes at Mugarets that were never even actually served in the restaurant. It's because they knew I had some pastry experience. So there was like, you know, some things they were working on that they let me taste. um, Corton,
1: 11 Madison Park. That's come up a lot in this podcast and I've never been there. I never really did the New York scene at all. And I lived around there. I mean, I go for Italian food, so I didn't know. I wasn't living your life, Gary. When did you, when did you start? Nineteen eighty five. Nineteen eighty five. Oh shit. That's a long that's a couple of years ago. When you started New Orleans. It? Nor, it was actually New Orleans that you started the bug. That you got yeah. into food and you yeah. said this is pretty cool. I'm gonna yeah. love this. And this is my I get do you call it a hobby now or a passion? Or what do you call it? Avocation. Avocation. So is Gary your best customer? Um and that's come what, on. Hey, I, 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 you you <laughs>
3: hesitate? I'm not uh, I'm not no, no, let's hear. Scary. Let's hear that's,
1: who is not by name, but who? What, what's the? What's the frequency that someone comes in and dines, and and how? What's their style? Uh, once a month or more.
3: Okay, I don't go in once a month. You don't go in once. a no, month? No, I don't.
1: Oh, I thought. I mean, you made it sound like you were there every day.
3: Every Why, day. I I think I'm in there quite a bit. I mean, you know,
1: you're probably in there once a month. I mean, you might you might skip a month here or there, but so let's talk a little bit. You just took over not long ago, Cafe mm-hmm. Castagna. Yeah. So what are you doing over there? Probably a little more approachable for folks. Sure. Um, what are you doing over there that sh- should, if people hear this, would cause them to go in right now? Um, there's a really
2: great halibut dish on the menu. It's just really simple. It's a little bit of mussel juice, uh, some braised artichokes, and just seared halibut. Just super simple, tasty, a little bit of basil
1: in there. Just a nicely cooked piece of fish and some veggies and some sauce. It's delicious. And what, what is, what's the price point on that? Because... Castagna, it's, what's the price point at Castania? The, the small menu, menu at Castania is ninety-eight dollars,
2: and then the uh, tasting menu is one hundred and fifty-five.
1: And then, so how much is the, the halibut market? dish? Is twenty-eight, I believe. So. Okay, so it's you can go in and order. It's not quite the experience you can sure. you can order. It's a different dining experience. Different yeah. dining experience. And so, um, what do you want to do with you? You're young. I didn't ask how old you are, but. Uh, what do you want to do with your career? How old are you? I'm 33. 33. Yeah. 33 in a James Beard nomination. That's, I think, maybe Gabe Rucker was somewhere in that. I think he was younger. Though. Yeah, I think he was young, 29. Yeah. I think, I think the
3: rising star chef. Rising before. star, yeah. yeah.
1: And so what do you want to do? Where do, um, you see, where do you see yourself? Do you want to own your own restaurant someday? Um, um
2: I mean, uh, there's multiple things that I think about and different paths I could take. I just, I just want to be at any point in my life like no like when i was a line cook or a sous chef an executive chef has want to continue to try to do the best job that i can so like that's really what i think about a lot is like whatever position i'm in just doing the best at it
1: and um just learning and growing so and we were just talking uh recently about doing this repetitive Mm -hmm. doing the same thing over and over again what do you what juices you to get up in the morning and you know you're doing a lot of the same things every day what motivates you to get up every day
3: cooking for me cooking for me that's the answer not, you yeah, gotta go in every day that's
1: not the I like
2: cooking for Gary it's fun yeah um, I mean I get influence from various aspects of my life um, having new people in the kitchen can be really inspiring um, just seeing new ingredients on my lists um, what are sure. some what are some ingredients that excite you Right now we have ramps. Right now we have squid. Um, we got the first halibut of the season. Um, we have the wild game coming in for Gary. That's going to be really cool.
3: Salmon, you said salmon. Salmon, the
2: first Springer salmon's just showed up today this morning. Some live scallops that we've
1: been using. Uh, tons that sounds sounds delicious. I just saw a post on Instagram uh, the first, of, and I didn't realize it was so seasonal. The first of ox's halibut, which I just love. So mm-hmm. I'd love to try both. So I have, have you had both? You've had both. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to, I, I've I. learned on this podcast, do not, it's like uh, courtroom, don't ask the question you don't know the answer to that you want to put someone in position. So um, I love theirs. I'd love to try yours. Yeah. Um, Ox is great. When's the last time
3: you were at Castagna, <laughs> Chris?
1: I told, well, yes, it's been, I, I wrote uh, Justin about that. I think it was 2011 or 12.
3: You need to go back in.
1: I know. I feel bad about it. I, there are a lot you could ask me that about a lot of restaurants and I'd give you the same response. That's a um, lot of restaurants in this town? Yeah, there are a lot. But I appreciate that you say that, but no, I should have been And he doesn't and
3: Chris more. doesn't live here, really. But like Oh, you know. No, but no. I, I'm I'd be mean, nice.
1: No, wait a minute. Just to clear it up, I live first of all I live in Oregon. And I split time between Here, Manzanita Portland. and Portland. Oh, I know, but you're in Manzanita more than you are in Portland. Okay, well, I can only the, eat so much. I know, How that's many? why I'm
3: helping you. Don't you know I'm helping you? I know, but
1: so when I'm in Portland, I'm generally out eating, and that's two to three, you know, two to three nights a week. So I don't want people to think I I have escaped. And don't eat. And by the way, I've lost weight. This is this That's is a good you, thing, being of away from it's good. all this Yeah, food. yeah. Uh, eat it in moderation. Court. I need some help from Court over there, man. He doesn't have a mic. I think you're on your own. <laughs> no, but I, no, I feel terrible that I haven't gone in. Also, um, you know, my budget doesn't. I, I can't afford a lot of hundred dollar meals. And it's that's just, that's if hard. people support it's this hard. podcast now, yeah. it's time let's get the let's get the network mes- message in. People, if we get some support in this podcast, I'll be able to afford more hundred dollar meals.
3: And so. I think that's why, in some respects, Castagna is a special occasion restaurant. I mean, yes. and it, we live in Portland, Oregon. We don't live in San Francisco or New York. I
2: mean, comparing it to restaurants in those cities that that are doing something similar, it's a pretty good value, though.
1: Yes, no doubt. Absolutely, for anybody from. Uh, that is doing what Gary does, and especially for Gary, he just gets the. How do you get there? How do you how do you get to Castanya? Cab, <laughs> C- cab or Uber? Okay, so cab or, he gets to do that. He doesn't have to get on a plane to go have that kind of food. So for him, it's it's a great value, and also for Portlanders. I mean, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who like to travel and eat, and Castanya is the the interesting thing is because a lot of people don't know about it. I would it's imagine. Really, you can't assume really, that people know about Castagna. They may have strange, heard the name, but they're not. it's not on their radar. And if they know it's something special, and they have to hear it from more than one person. It's like sure. advertising. You have to have re- repetition. But if people hear that Castagna is something very different than anything else that you can get in town, and I, and I don't know because I haven't been a nomad yet, but it looks like they're doing similar things. Is that Am I right or am I wrong on that? I don't mean to insult anybody. with that. Well, Ryan actually
3: worked for Justin for about okay. a year.
1: Okay. A lot of people... He doesn't tell. want to answer. No, I want no. Justin to answer this. He, he, I don't get court. He doesn't get you all the time.
2: Um, there's some similarities. Okay. Um, yeah, Ryan worked for me for a while. There's some similarities. I think what I try to strive for at Castagna is um, just a little bit cleaner
1: and more pure than anywhere else? Not necessarily than that, you know? Right, yeah, just in, in general. So how do you define clean and
2: pure? Um, you know, not, not screwing up ingredients very much. You know, like I said- Very it, much? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. You get a pristine piece of fish, you wanna enhance the fish. Um, sometimes that means doing a lot to it, sometimes it means doing very little to it. It really just depends. Like, the salmon we're gonna, you know, cure it and smoke it and put it through a few different processes to get it to where I want it. Other things, you can just, like a like a scallop,
1: you can just slice and season a little bit and eat it. Was there any, now two and a half years of culinary school, I suppose mm-hmm. you can just point to that. Was there any specific thing that caused you to be to elevate you uh, a number of notches more than anything else that you can cite? A person, a, uh, an experience? I think it's just me. I think it's just that's the way I am it's if I wasn't cooking I'd be doing
2: something else and I'd be really serious about it
1: so you're so you're natural so like you know you have baseball players where the parents say you had a you know he was able to feel the ball at two I definitely have an eye for detail and um drive and 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 that's not all it takes though it takes talent no it takes a
2: lot it takes experience and you know I do a lot of research I read a lot of books i cook a lot. I immerse myself in the, the culture
1: of cooking. And what's the kitchen like at Castaneda? That's is
3: exactly, that's what, uh, exactly right? what I want to ask, because mm. what's it like to work for you? What would yeah, people who work for you say about you? That's what I was
2: saying. Was I've talking. had pretty much all of them show great appreciation for me after the
1: fact. After the fact. So <laughs> so let me ask you, is there yelling going on in no, the kitchen back there? No, there's not You yelling, can't. No. You can, you'd hear it. But so is it's quiet
3: respect. Yeah. He he's had a lot of very very good chefs around town who who are heading up kitchens right now who work for him. And who were who are those? Who would you
2: There's Ryan. Right. There's Vince. Uh, Eve was
1: doing. Well, talk Vince. Where Wait. is he?
3: Jolie he's... Lade. Jolly led. He has a pop-up at okay. R- B&T Oyster Bar. Okay. Sunday Monday.
1: Right, right. I've read about that. Greg Zanotti. I've been there because oh, I'm Greg not Zinotti, living here.
3: Yeah. Um I'm just kidding. Greg Zanotti. From Mousselet. He's executive chef of Mousselet. Okay. Who else? Uh, some earlier chefs like Matty, Dubois, was, Matt Dubois. He was
1: De at The CDC at Ideas now. And then. So do you stay in touch with Matt Leitner? Yeah. Are you yeah. good buddies? Yeah. Does he come back and eat a castagna? He's, does he, he's does been he... in before you. Yeah. What does he say? He really enjoyed it. He loved it. And have you been to a Terra?
3: Have... He's not at Terra anymore. You can see Ronnie Ember's fruit, food at Aterra, but not Matt Leitner's oh, food at Aterra. See,
1: this is why wait, we need you he, here.
3: Leitner's at own... in Napa.
1: But uh, had you been to Aterra? No, I have never been to Aterra. Okay. So, um, and who are some of your, do you have a lot of the chefs that come in to your place? Do you, uh, some, not as many as I would like, but yes. Are there any so. that you'd like to name right now that you'd like to guilt
2: into coming in? <laughs> There's, there, there's so many great chefs, especially in, like say, San Francisco. There's just so many great chefs uh, that I would love to have in.
1: And so in Portland, we're your favorite place. You don't get a lot of time off, so but Not when you much. do. I really like a Pizza Shoals. Ox's you know, food. everybody mentions that right off the top, a Pizza Shoals. You all need to go to New Haven. And... Do do the thing up there. Gary's critical of
3: this. What, but, no, what else is there to do in New Haven except eat at Modern Pizza?
1: You can get a presidential education <laughs>
3: there. Oh, so I can walk in and go to Yale? You can I get you know, can I walk in and get a Yale degree? Dude, I can show you things to do in New Haven. Now is it as
1: good as Portland? I'm out here. I was there. I'm here. So that's an indication. But at any rate, I'm, I interrupted you on your list. Oh no, that's fine. I was born in Boston, so I've been eating pretty good pizza my whole life. Yeah, not yeah. bad. Are, <laughs> you, are you a Red Sox fan? Uh, no. All right. You were a, Yang- a Yankee cat the other night, so. That's just, yeah, it was okay. It was just because it looks cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. So where else in Portland?
2: Um, where else do I like to eat? Where do I go? Scotty's.
1: I haven't been to Scotty's yet.
3: Oh, yeah. I, I haven't to been
2: to
1: He's throwing words in your mouth or food in your yeah. mouth. Uh, what about, like, are you a breakfast person? I don't eat breakfast. You don't eat breakfast. No. Okay. So what's your first meal of the day?
2: um usually it's staff meal whatever and what Oops, time is that uh 1
1: so what time do you get out what time do i get up yeah in the morning like around eight so you go that's a long time to go without eating is it yeah i think so
3: <laughs> i'm kind of fascinated by staff meals what do you guys cook um
2: last week we had pizza um tacos what else do we make a lot quinoa salad
1: oh.
2: um um Whatever the cooks feel like make make mac and cheese so it's not burgers. your deal you're you're out on you're out on it's a good deal. it's a good uh you know learning curve right but cook, you so. don't cook you, I don't that's cook, it. For everybody I, don't else. cook it.
1: I used to cook it yeah no I'm yeah. sure you and you graduated to not cooking it yeah any no I just judge it do you do you do you judge it every time? And are the things not you necessarily th- like to the people's face, but like if you're eating something, you have to have an opinion of it, right? Right. So then, it's a good way. Is it a good way for you? I've never asked this question of a lot of chefs. Is it a good way for you to determine how talented some of the people working for definitely, you are to definitely. staff meal and what yep. they do? Yeah. And are they aware of that? They're trying to impress. I hope that they're
2: aware of that. With that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I guess I never really – I haven't given it a lot of thought. Well, if, you're, now cooking for someone, about it, if yes. you're cooking
2: for someone, like, you know. Yeah, I guess if, you're
1: not trying to bring your B game
2: every right. time. I mean, it's understandable if you're busy. You know, that's one of the first things that kind of should slide as far as, like, workload for the cooks is, like, you know, don't waste too much time on staff meal if you should be, like, making sure that your mise en place is on point. But, yeah, um, staff meal should be good.
1: And how much energy – how much – what percentage of a cook's time is spent on staff meal versus on the restaurants? What, what they need to- Oh, very little. Maybe like, I don't know. See, someone like me who's an amateur cook, that would just seem overwhelming to cook for a staff of 20. Well, you, know, you get and better the, and better at it. Yeah, well, that's what makes you good, I guess. Because mm-hmm. for me, to have 20 people over, I'd be thinking about it for a month. What am I going <laughs> to yeah, do? How like much tw- am I going to spend? Twice a day, up? too. Twice a day. We
2: do staff meal twice a day.
3: After service?
2: After service and uh, have really, 30, yeah. So
1: and that encourages people to live and breathe that restaurant. Yeah, they kind or, of have to. Yeah. Is there are there beds somewhere there? Is that they have beds? They have beds. There. It's not at the restaurant, but they 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 get to sleep. No, I meant it, they, <laughs> all right. just in case. Is there one at the restaurant?
2: <laughs> no, there's not one at the restaurant. I
3: have a uh, question. I have a question for sure. you. Sure. Uh, what? Are you, what's what's most memorable memorable meal you've had in Portland whether recently or maybe I just what is there a memorable memorable meal that you can think of in Portland and outside of Portland is there something that comes to your mind
2: Well the meal that we had at uh, Zilla that was really good that was really good
1: At Zilla's uh, Zilla Sake, Sake House, House. Yeah. yes I love that It's it was, on my list it was, I've been there it's within on the my last list. month Okay I've been there within That was last a really month. good meal It was It was a really good meal And it's a it's a cool vibe over there. Yeah. Too. And by by the way, all the places that are getting notoriety on Alberta, that's not one of, at the top of the list, but it's, Everything it's- was super pristine.
2: Um that eel, the the eel barbecue deal was so good. So what kind of pizza do you order coming from Boston? Um I keep it pretty simple. Um I like the amore at a pizza shoals. What's which, um, what's on that?
1: What is it? It's capicola, right? And uh Is there pepperoni on there too? I can't remember. I just had this discussion. I'm just curious because I often get into pizza discussions. Coming from Boston, Mm -hmm. and and you weren't there long ago, and things have changed, I know, but a large pizza in New England is like 16 bucks. Yeah, and it's huge. Yeah. And out here, it's 30, it's almost Mm -hmm. double.
3: Yeah, Why is for it so l- expensive? Why is it so expensive I here? Trying
1: to fu- I want that answer, and I hear ingredients. That's what I hear. The ingredients are more expensive. I don't know. I haven't looked into it, so I, I don't know. But I just, I'm curious about it because pizza there was a cheap thing, and here it can be. Well, like know, at a Pizza Shoals, you're also paying for the ability to sit down in the restaurant. Well, yeah, but they have that back there. Look at just. Google modern pizzas menu and it's you can do the same thing there that you can. I don't, nothing against right. the pizza shoals. I'm sure. just wondering blanket wise why pizza's so different. Even at Pizzicato, even oh Pizzicato, you get like yeah thirty. Isn't it thirty bucks for like a pizza? Yeah, and you get like five pieces of sausage on it. So, it's good. It's tasty, but I just have a I just have a value proposition, little you know. And I, so I like myself going to places like Ken's, and getting a small thirteen dollar. Like so that to me is a good value proposition. The large ones, when people can't agree, and you got to order two large pizzas, and you, then you have a couple of beers, and you're eighty bucks. So I just haven't quite come to grips with that yet, even though I love pizza and I'll do it. But um, so anyway, just I'm just asking. You're not, you know, asking Justin about this pizza proposition is probably the no, last. I, guy eat a I love of pizza. pizza. I know he does, he does <laughs> eat a lot of pizza. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the first place you mentioned. So yeah. that's. Uh,
2: that's, uh, do you, pizza last do you night. travel much? Um, I, I wish I could travel more.
1: Um, can you get of out of the bit.
2: restaurant? Like, can you well, take- going like, to Chicago. Oh, in, cool. In May, for the James Beard thing.
1: All right, yeah. but that's a business thing. Well, it's all, that's
2: just how it is. Like, I haven't had vacation. If I go on vacation, it's to go like eat at a restaurant.
1: Right, so will you go on a food vacation soon or at I'm some point? talking about going back to Spain soon. I got just the I just, got just the thing for you. Uh, where would you go in Spain? Back to San Sebastian? Uh,
2: San Sebastian's really nice, or Barcelona. Um, I'd like to go to Azermendi, just outside of Bilbao. Um, that would be really cool. Um, got to make note of these. Japan We're on would our be way. cool
1: to go. Uh, yes. You know, when Bourdain was here, and he was asked the question, if you could only eat one country's food for the rest of your life or live in one country, that was his answer. Tokyo. Tokyo. And I heard that and I took note because I didn't think that was going to be his answer.
3: Well, I, I, I read one of the, I, I read that blog of, one of the only few food blogs I read is Andy Haler, who's eaten at every three Michelin star rated restaurant over the last 20 years. And I actually tweeted to him and I said, Andy, if you could eat it in any city in the world, where would you eat? And I thought he was going to say Paris. He said Tokyo. Hmm. That's
1: too yeah. And I never, because I was such a cheap bastard, I didn't find all the good places in Paris when I when I texted you. I ate well. I know, but I didn't have you know I didn't have the drop dead experience that everybody else has because you got to spend more money than I.
3: Not necessarily. I you, you said you had a great. time. You, you said the I, food, had a, I had the, a
1: fantastic the, time, the f- but I wouldn't say it was the best food I've ever had. Incredible food in Barcelona and San Sebastian. But in Paris, I I had some really great meals. I really enjoyed for like
3: it. Like twenty twenty five bucks. No, nah,
1: it was more like um, thirty forty. My son and I were out of there for probably a hundred or eighty euros. Okay. So, so and that's okay. We did well. We enjoyed it, right? I didn't need. And we were right next to um, Robichon's restaurant, which I looked at the menu and my eyes popped out of my head. Uh, can't do it. I just can't see unless someone was, someone was you want to come treat me no
3: it w- you know what Robochon I, I was at Latelier <laughs> Dijon Robochon in Paris like it, it is ridiculously inexpensive like four courses for 68 no $70 that's not what I saw I saw a $50 burger
1: well then don't get the burger well I know but that to me is the, is the thing so what should people look for when they come what, sh- what should they be thinking when they come to Castagne? What you got two different menus of course mm-hmm. but what should their expectation be and what do you want them to leave thinking
2: Thinking that it was a great experience and very well-prepared
1: and thoughtful. Okay. Delicious. But isn't that what, I guess that's what every, every chef would, would desire. But there's got to be something different about castaña. There is something different about Castagna. Well, there's and a lot I mean, of hard work that goes into it, a lot of care and dedication. Does everybody appreciate that when they're eating your food, do you think? Or you, I think do you a, lot a lot of people of, do. Do you have some kind of customers that don't really appreciate it and they're kind of jerky about it not as much as you might think
2: there's people seem to really enjoy it it's just you know or if they do not enjoy it I don't really hear about it are you do you come are you out in the in the dining room uh, a lot not not constantly but I, I'll i go into the dining
1: room every once in a while but we have servers that yeah right so if someone goes to Castani, they don't necessarily meet chef right okay that would be nice. I would suggest that. You're a good guy. Uh, right? He's a little shy. Yeah, but I don't know. He's not shy to me. When we met up the other day and we hadn't met a couple of weeks ago, very outgoing. But it was a party, too. So there was a lot of kind of that atmosphere. But you, you know, I, I would, I guess, he's, he's shrugging his shoulders. you got
2: to be way. in the kitchen. You've got
3: to be a k- kitchen I, cooking. What yeah,
2: do I do yeah. I have to make sure that things are going well in the kitchen. That's, that's the main thing.
1: Okay. So anything new coming up at, at either place, Castanier Cafe Castanier, uh, we should know about patio's gonna be open soon in the cafe. It's very nice. Getting nice out, so on Hawthorne. Where yeah. else would you wanna be? Right. And outside and beautiful trees yeah. and um, and gardens s- looking really nice. And when's the James Beard when is that? It's May second, right? Yeah. yeah. May second. How what are you are you excited are you obviously are excited? Yeah. What excited. are you gonna do in Chicago? What well there's tons of parties planned and uh, Gary and I were actually
2: just talking about this before we got in here, like where to go eat, and there's knows, a lot of different he, options. He loves
1: Chicago.
3: I'm going a couple of months after him, okay. and so I've already planned out my schedule in my head. Well, I've actually written it down, so I know where I want to go eat. Where do you want to go eat? Uh, goosefoot, 42 grams, first night. Lunch at Frontera Grill, Topolabombo, Naha. Dinner at Royster, Smythe, and Royster, Smythe in Monteverde. I'd like to try to fit in Asheville and Beacon Tavern.
1: How many days is that going to be?
3: Two day and a half.
1: Jeez, <laughs> did
3: you hear
2: that? Asheville really two, good. So. Asheville really what, good. T- Where good. do
1: you have in mind when you go? Or is it just wherever the parties take you? Probably a lot of it is going to be you know the parties and you're going to hang out with, with Greg and Gabby there. Yeah, definitely. That's the deal. The two, yeah, the Portland contingent. Yeah, I'd love to. We uh, we've been talking about it. Yeah, cool. Hang out. That's well, fun. good luck. Thanks. Love to, uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed. You're up against a lot of Seattle competition. Have you been to any of the restaurants in Seattle? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Oh, see? You gotta, now I feel better. Got to get up there. I really enjoyed the Whale Winds, Renee's place, first time I went. I made a great friend there. We're still friends.
3: I had the worst experience of the walrus and the carpenter.
1: Okay. The well, place. I haven't been there, but I really like the, I really, to me, a lot of the dining experience is social. And so the food can be great. Gary and I disagree on that. <laughs> but the food can be fantastic, but if I'm just sitting there by myself with my phone, I'm not it's I can't get as excited. Is that, does that make sense to you? Uh, it makes sense, but I don't necessarily feel that way when
2: I go out. Like I don't mind sitting and having, t- having a tasting menu alone.
1: I, I don't mind it either. but if I have if I have a great experience with someone and have a fantastic conversation and we're laughing and the food's coming, that to me yeah, is, that's, even is, better. Uh, that's even better than just sitting there alone.
3: So, they, they, they forget what you ate.
1: And maybe that's not important to you. It's not as important to me because okay. I, I forget what I ate a lot. I know. You, you asked me, what did I have? And I went, yeah, ah, I, I, I don't remember, but I was cracking up. So, but that doesn't mean that the food's not important to me. You know, we live in the moment. So I'm not, I'm not as schooled as you are. Um, we're just different. I, I don't know about schools, yeah.
3: we're just different.
1: Well, yeah, but you're schooled on all over the country. I know this Portland food scene, but you could the questions you asked Justin are very different than the ones that there's some of them we we overlap but, 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 but we
3: but we but we I mean we eat food the same way it's just a matter how we view yeah I'm not good with that yeah I, I use my hand
1: you use, okay. Well, <laughs> good well I've done that too so um thanks so much for coming yeah we really appreciate it I think it's cool you came yeah that's right and, Thank you. and as soon as I mentioned this to Justin, he thought he didn't even hesitate. He said, "Oh no, let's do that." So, I hope everybody else uh, likes it too. <laughs> you're welcome to comment on our Twitter, on Food Podcast PDX, or Instagram or Twitter if you like. Uh, whether you like this or you want more of Gary or not, we're gonna get. You're gonna get more of Gary no matter what. <laughs> and we hope we have more of you, Justin. We hope you come Thanks. back sometime. Thank you. Yeah, I'd love after it. you win, after I win. Yes, and we'll you talk about that- it.
0: Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Intro music by Arielle Varinas. Find links to her music in the show notes section. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com.